Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Proverbs as we continue to walk through this book. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 through 33. So before I preach today, I'd like to make a few uh, disclaimers, I I guess I'll use that word. Um, One is that this message is for you. I say that because it's very likely that as we begin diving into God's Word and going through these different things, that many of you will have the thought, "Mm, mm, I hope he hears that, I hope she hears that, or boy, I wish they were here, man, I wish I'm going to have to get so-and-so to listen to this later, this message is for you. Uh, Number two, disclaimer, Uh, if it makes you a little bit upset, or maybe a lot upset, then it's really for you, and you really need to listen to it. And third, I'm dealing with dental surgery, kidney stones, and narcotics to treat them. So who knows what's (laughs) going to come out today. Becky just said, our pastor doesn't give false teaching, and I'm going to hope to stick with that, Becky. But uh, if anything crazy comes out, I'm just going to blame all that stuff. Now, with that out of the way, I want to ask you if you would please stand with me, if you're physically able, as we read Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 through 33. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known my teachings to you. But since you refuse to listen when I call... And no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand. Since you disregard my advice and you do not accept my rebuke, I in turn will laugh when disaster strikes you. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you, then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but I will not be found. Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Let's pray. God, we come to you, and Lord, we ask that your spirit would take your word and plant it deep in our hearts, and Father, that that teaching would grow, that it would be watered by our trust, our faith, our willing obedience, and most of all, by your same spirit who put it there 
so that it would grow into godliness and wisdom in our lives. Father, we pray and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. That phrase is uttered in courtrooms, and that phrase is actually true in the spiritual realm as well. Ignorance is no excuse. This lesson about wisdom and the lack thereof is applicable to all of us because every single one of us has played the fool at times in our lives. We are not born into this world as wise, good decision-making individuals. In fact, elsewhere in the book of Proverbs, we learn that foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. We are born into this world with a predisposition to sinning and a predisposition toward making foolish and bad choices. And hopefully along the way, our parents, our teachers, our coaches, and others guide us, our Sunday school teachers. Hopefully we read the word. Hopefully we listen and accept, and hopefully we become less foolish. But all of us have played the fool, and all of us are in need of wisdom. But you and I need to understand, because we are in an entitlement culture, we are in a world that says nothing is your fault, everything else is some, everything, every problem you have is somebody else's fault, and uh, if you're really with it, you'll find a way to sue them for it, because it's their fault. Nothing is your fault. That's basically the way the world comes and speaks to us today. But the reality is that you and I are, are um, we're responsible for our own choices. And it's very interesting that even truth when it is twisted and taken out of context, can be extremely dangerous. The truth that we heard about God and his forgiveness, boy, that's a wonderful truth. The truth that we sang about, about getting saved and walking in forgiveness, that's a wonderful truth. But if we misunderstand and misapply that truth, if we take it and twist it from being there is a God of forgiveness to my actions don't matter and I can do whatever I want and say a little prayer and it all goes away and it never really happened. If we twist that truth into that lie and it's a short jump for a lot of folks, then we end up with catastrophic results and consequences. I want us to think about why ignorance, foolishness in life is really not excusable. First of all, we see here wisdom is accessible and available to everybody. Uh, it's interesting here. Folks sometimes take the words of the Bible and they'll say, oh, well, this is, this is uh, you know, bad towards certain people. And, and sometimes that'll be, well, it's bad towards women. And, but it's very interesting. We need to note here, ladies, wisdom is personified as a woman. Okay, can I get an amen, ladies? Amen. All right, all right. That's most female amens I've heard in a long time. All right, so wisdom is personified uh, as a woman. And it tells us about this woman. It's not that, it doesn't just say wisdom is somewhere in the city. And if you seek and search and get lucky, maybe you'll find her. 
No, it talks about the places wisdom is. Like, she's up on the top of the roof. She's right there beside the city gates. She's out in the marketplace. Like, it's describing all these places where everybody who's anybody who does anything at all, who gets out of their house, they have to go in and out of the city gates. That's the way it was. When you lived in a city back then, there was a wall all the way around it. You had to go through the gates. You were going to see the things who were, who were out there top where everyone could see them on the highest building. And out in the marketplace, everybody went to shop. So wisdom, personified as this woman, is everywhere you can see. And not only is she already there, but she is impossible almost to, to disregard unless you're intentionally doing it. Because it doesn't say she sits in all these public places quietly, you know, kind of blending in a real wallflower. No, it says she calls out. She cries out with a loud voice. She gets people's attention. And the people back then, they could imagine this kind of thing. Because think about the marketplaces. If you've gone to places, especially outside this country, where there's no set prices and you're going through a village, a marketplace, and they're calling out, oh, come over here. I've got something for you. You need this. Uh, I've been in South America and seen stuff like that. I've been, uh, Israel was a very interesting place. There was a lot of this. One of my favorite things about going to Israel is going through the market. And this guy says, here, I got a special price for you just because I like you. Come here. And I, yeah, you like me because I got money in my wallet. That's why you like me. But it was a special price just for me. And they could imagine the, the marketers, those folks, the sellers calling out. They also were used to the poor calling out alms, alms for the poor. So they got this image. They knew what a loud person who was trying to get your attention was all about. For us, the best example would be, I don't know, talking on the phone and your three-year-old comes up. And, you know, you just, uh, there doesn't, doesn't matter how many times you say, Daddy's on the phone, this is serious, blah, blah, blah. You know, eh, you know they need something. They're going to get your attention no matter what. So wisdom is like this. Wisdom is out there. I mean, it's out there in the public square. It's out there accessible. It's not only just a few folks who get lucky or some who manage to get a PhD or somebody who, you know, has the right parents or knows the right people or lives in the right place. No, 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 no. Wisdom is available and accessible to everybody. So why isn't everybody wise? You know, it's kind of funny. Now, wisdom and knowledge are not the same thing, but isn't it interesting that we used to think that the lack of knowledge was what caused poverty and every single problem there was, and then we got the Internet, and we got Google, and you can look up anything, and we learned it was not a lack of knowledge that, that caused people to not do well, but a lack of wisdom, which is a different thing entirely. Because wisdom is knowing to take knowledge and how to apply it to life, how to use it in a way that walks the godly path that God puts out there for us that lead to life. So why isn't everybody wise if it's out there? Well, there's a few reasons. Number one, wisdom is not the only voice calling out. You see, wisdom is calling out and it's saying, make the right choices. And sometimes it's even rebuking and saying, you're making the wrong choice. So sometimes we tune out wisdom. Sometimes we don't want to hear wisdom 
Because it hurts our feelings. Because it's telling us something that we don't want to hear. So we tune it out. We've heard, maybe we've heard it so often that we think, oh, I'm beyond that. I'm past that. I'm, I'm over that. I'm an adult now. I've been a Christian all my life. Or whatever, whatever thing we use to basically ignore the basic wisdom of God and think we're somehow beyond it. So we can, we can tune wisdom out. Also, we can get confused by the other voices. If we start listening, there's a great song a few years ago that talked about the voice of truth. But the voice of truth is telling me a different story. You see, because there's all sorts of other voices out there who are calling, who are pleading to get your attention. And they're interesting voices. They're great voices. They, they, they're, you know, seductive voices. They're voices that say, hey, come do this and get rich quick. Hey, let's go take down these people. Let's go beat them up physically or let's tear them down on social media. Uh, uh, come to my house. Everything will be fine. Nothing will go wrong. My husband's away. And all, you know, there's all of these voices and many of them are described in the book of Proverbs about these voices that are calling out to us. And you see, if we don't have an intention to focus and to clearly look for that voice of truth, that voice of wisdom. And we just let ourselves listen to whatever voice happens to be loudest or happens to be most interesting or most convenient to us. Then we miss the way of wisdom. And then there's simply stubbornness. I thought that was interesting. The stubbornness one is one of the words that we had in our children's message this morning. And uh, somebody said, what's stubbornness? <laughs> we may not know what stubbornness is, but we all have it. It's a part of that rebellious nature, that sin nature that we are born with. We are not born uh, with sin already, but we're born with that sin nature, that sin tendency. And as we get older and as we have the ability to make choices on our own, we choose to do wrong. We choose to fight back against uh, those things that are told to us. And sometimes people are stubborn and just, they really don't want to learn lessons. <laughs> they just like living their own way. Maybe that person, I'm not trying to beat up on anybody, but sometimes, you know, that person who's been through six divorces and dadgummit, all their wives had the same problem. Isn't that something? It was all six of their wives had the same exact problem, you know? Um, you know, there, there's, there is time to say, maybe it is me. <laughs> maybe I need to listen. Maybe I need to be, get, quit being so stubborn. And open myself to the possibility that, hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I need to change. Maybe I need to look and listen for some more wisdom. But rejecting wisdom, uh, it actually is a choice. You know, she says, how long will you love your simple ways? And he's talking about naive or foolish ways. You can translate that. Some of us are ignorant and proud of it. Some of us are stuck in our ways and we like it. She says, how long are you going to love that ignorance, that foolishness that causes you to end up disgruntled into conflicts constantly, 
down destructive paths. Well, that's just the way me and my mama, that's the way we've always done it. <laughs> that's just the way grandpa did it. That's just the way I am. And we kind of just excuse our foolishness, our stubbornness, instead of saying, yeah, I need to repent. And that's what it talks about. Repent. Repent at my rebuke in verse 23. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. We need to come to this place where we actually admit it. We get rid of this, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. And we say, okay, God, you're right, I'm wrong. This way of living, this thinking process that I've been believing and trusting in, this isn't leading me anywhere good. And when we acknowledge to God and say, God, I'm busted, I'm broke without you, I need you, God can provide us with the wisdom we need. And again, the end of the New Testament just repeats the same thing to us. James, in the book of James, he says, if anyone lacks knowledge, let him ask. If anybody, not just certain ones, not just most, but if anyone, that, for, that wisdom is available to all of us, and God will grant that wisdom. And it's so important. Remember how Solomon became the wisest man in the world? Not because he was a king, not because he was just, you know, born into it. But God asked him, what do you want, Solomon? Solomon said, what I want more than anything else, it's not money, it's not possessions, it's not this or that. I want wisdom, God. And God said, oh, I'll give you that. And because you asked for that, instead of glory and fame and, and power and money, I'm going to give you all that other stuff too, along with wisdom. You and I need to understand. Wisdom's available. It's out there. But we don't all get wisdom because we often reject it. And finally, we need to understand that rejecting wisdom has consequences. You see, godly wisdom, how we live our lives, there are results that come from that. It talks about uh, here the fruit. You will receive the fruit of what you have done. And that's, that's, that is the, the harvest, the yield, the wages, however you want to put it. It's just another way of saying what the Bible often says, and that is whatever a man sows, whatever he plants, that will he also reap or harvest. Whatever a person, man, woman, boy, or girl, whatever you do, there is the law of the harvest that says it comes back. You know, this is not some, some new thing that we've just learned, you know, that, that we've heard from the East, some kind of wisdom. No, it's been around forever. God's wisdom has always said, you know, what you do in life, it comes back to you. And so is there forgiveness from God? Yes. What does that forgiveness do? It restores the relationship between you and God. Does it undo the sin that you committed and the consequences of it? No, it does not. And so while we can agree and all say that God does forgive a murderer, that life that was slain does not come back. The life of the one who committed the crime is also forever changed. Can God forgive that one? Praise God, yes, he can. There is no sin he cannot, for, 
that he cannot forgive. But the consequences that we face, the things that flow out from our actions, those aren't erased when we simply say, God, forgive me. When we say, God, forgive me, we simply restore our relationship with him, get back on the right path, and we try to pick up and do what we can from there. But the decisions that we make matter. And so if we train up our children about forgiveness, the importance of forgiveness, but we fail to train them up about the importance, the, the enormity of sin, and how much it displeases God, how much it hurts him, and how many consequences there are. And not just our children, but if we get in that mindset ourselves as adults, that, oh, I'll get forgiven, God full of grace and mercy, and everything will be okay. And we forget that our actions do matter. Then we have become, in the Bible's words, fools. That we think we're wise, we think they're well-informed, but we're going down a path of destruction. So this morning, I just want to encourage you, seek wisdom. It is out there, it is available. It has nothing to do with your family name, your job title, your IQ, or anything like that. And it has everything to do with looking for godly principles to guide your life, not just stuff to know but stuff to do. You see, the Bible was not uh, made for information, but for transformation. It's not so we can just all become big heads and think we know more than everybody. It's so that we can live out God's ways better. Choose wisdom. Choose to listen to the path of wisdom. And the great thing about this is it also doesn't matter where you are at in life. If you are 10 years old and you're listening to this message right now and you say, I want to choose wisdom, you can do it. And boy, those of us who are older than 10 years old will tell you, you will save a lot of grief and a lot of heartache. But if you're 70 years old and you recognize, I've been doing a lot of things that aren't too wise, guess what? You can begin living with wisdom. Wherever you are, it's not too late to choose wisdom, to choose to walk that right path. through us and I pray that we would be open that we wouldn't be stubborn we wouldn't be rebellious we wouldn't be deceived by other voices but we would listen to the voice of truth your voice as it proclaims wisdom that we would seek to surround ourselves with godly people who will encourage us and who will give us good counsel and advice and not just tell us what we want to hear and that we will seek out your word on, on our own on a daily basis. That we will get into the word and your word will get into us, Lord. God, help us now as we have this um, time to reflect and to seek how we can honor you. 
how we can live out this path of wisdom you've called us to. God, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.